What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Trust the Bank. Now, this is a podcast episode. Now, as always, the podcast episodes, I'll segment them out, also post them on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube uh, and the other videos aren't out, only one segment's out, go check out the podcast. You can listen to the full thing if you're just trying to get all that content early. But starting off with the first segment, I kind of broke this news on the YouTube channel a little bit earlier. So if you want to see that, you know, the breaking news video, you can go watch it, but we'll talk about it here. So maybe just watch both. Um, but the Ravens have been talking a lot with Amon Ra St. Brown, um, according to my source or sources, you know, however you want to go about it. Um, Amon Ra St. Brown, six foot one, 195 pound wide receiver out of USC. Now, I think the biggest correlation here is that T. Martin was his coach and he recruited him to USC his freshman year. Um, then he ended up leaving USC. But T. Martin knows this guy and he helped recruit him. So maybe T. Martin you know, came into the league and rather than advocating for his son to go to the Ravens, uh, he decided to hype up Amon Ross St. Brown and Joshua, I've I've already talked a lot about on the channel about Amon Ross St. Brown. So what are your thoughts on, on Amon Ross St. Brown potentially being somebody the Ravens are interested in? Well, like you said, 6'1", 195, um, USC, you know, straight from Anaheim Hills. Let's look at his career stats. 170, 178 receptions, 2,270 yards, averaged about 12.8 yards. That's first down. That's first down material. And, and topped it off with 16 touchdowns, and as long as catch was 95 yards. I mean, hey, that's a second. He's actually projected a second round pick. And Terrence Marshall Jr., who is my coveted pick, being at 6'4, um, <laughs> it's, it's not, it, it wouldn't be a bad steal because honestly, you know, we don't have that many picks. I mean, we had the first, we have our first, second. Um, traded our third to Minnesota for Yannick. Of course, we know that we have our fourth, fifth, and sixth. Um, at this point, if he's available at 27, I feel like Eric DaCosta has to strike while the iron is hot. This is the year we had to address the offense. The past two years, what have we been doing as far as draft? Addr- addressing, addressing the defense. I feel like the defense is now good enough. We have a nice, nice good, young, and veteran savvy group. You know, that's agile, mobile, and hostile. Now we had to transition that over to our offensive side of the ball, and we had to put a little bit more finesse with our pounding ground game. And you talk about a young man, 6'1, good, good hands, know how to catch the deep ball, know how to go in the middle of the field, and he can play on the outside. So, yeah, I'm actually, I actually like that pick because I was looking at Simi Fajoko. Um, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You brought up Simi Fehoko. I am like the biggest Simi Fehoko fan. Um, without a stab it. He will be a steal in the fourth round. Six, four. No, he does not have that many yards, but damn it. I don't mind putting them out there. <laughs> I don't know if Simi has declared for the draft yet. He, he might. He did declare. Oh yeah. my God. Because I'm a huge Simi Fehoko. I'm a Stanford football fan. Simi yes. Fayoko would be a would be, I love that you brought that up. Um, that's amazing. He's actually he's liked my tweets before. Um, I've tweeted about him. He's liked my tweets. Love Simi Fayoko. But um, but yeah, you bring up he's a potential second round pick. 
And I think the best thing, because yes, Terrence Marshall, I think Terrence Marshall, great pick. I mean, we'll, we'll talk a lot about pretty much every single wide receiver the Ravens could yeah. potentially be getting, you know, as the draft comes closer. But looking at what the Ravens want and, and who's possibly available, I think Amon Ross St. Brown will definitely be available um, where the Ravens are picking, P- could potentially be available um, in the second round. So you look at what the Ravens could do. They got Orlando Brown, and if they're sitting there and somebody's taken, let's say, let's say they've already taken Terrence Marshall, that he's off the board, and they're like, hey, Jacksonville, um, we've got Orlando and we've got a our, our first round pick. Why don't you give us your second round pick? So they trade very early second. They could still take Amon Ross St. Brown, but maybe they could get, you know, I the best case scenario. I saw this trade. Um, we can talk about it a little bit, but it was like the Ravens basically got Josh Allen, um, the edge rusher who was a top 10 pick. Um, Like, I think he could be a great addition. And if you trade Orlando Brown and a first round pick for Josh Allen in a second, I I would love that because then that second, you could use that, take Amon Ra. And I think it would be very good. I think he fits what the Ravens want to do. He's the other thing. He's not afraid to get down and dirty. He can block. Uh, There's a highlight of him, you know, pancaking somebody and dragging them and pushing them like the Ravens run the ball the receivers got a block and and Hollywood I like Hollywood big fan of Hollywood Mm -hmm. he can't block I mean he's 5'9 like 160 pounds the dude cannot block I I think I could potentially get off of a a Hollywood Brown block because his his blocking is just kind of standing there in the way in order for him to be in order for Marquise to be I had to call him Marquise at this point right now. In order for him to be a blocker in our scheme, he has to pull a Hans Ward every game. And what I mean by a Hans Ward, he has to he has to live for the crackback. Yeah. <laughs> he has to live for the crackback, and he has to smile with his uh, fronts in his mouth every time he does it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, if we could bring in a, a guy that can block that isn't afraid to make catches over the middle because because Mark Andrews is kind of the Ravens only, you know, pass catching tight end. I, I like Nick Boyle, but Nick Boyle's there to block Ricard. I do not want Ricard going over the middle to make pe- catches, but I'm absolutely OK with Amon Ra. Amon Ra. Yes, he played he played on the outside last year. But when Michael Pittman was there, he was the slot receiver. He had a thousand yards out of the slot. And and we saw what Michael Pittman came in and did. He he played very very well as a second round wide receiver for the Colts, and the Colts were a running football team. And you know he got dirty, he blocked, and he played pretty well. Um, did he have kind of a crucial drop in the playoff game against the Bills? Could have won the game at the end of the half. Yes, but that's why we're not drafting Michael Pittman. We're drafting we're drafting uh, Amon Ra potentially uh, because it's tricky to figure out. But I I love that the Ravens are talking with him. I think he's a he's just a great guy. I think he'd fit in the Ravens culture. And I just think I think the T Martin connection if That's they cool. were to draft him, it would establish something. It would look like it's like a legitimate commitment to the Ravens passing attack because they've brought in, you know, offensive coordinators or whatever. But they've never brought in a guy, "Oh, hey, here's our first pick." he played with our coach that we just brought in like that. I've never seen that. Um, or at least recently have not seen that, um, in Baltimore. And I think that's great establishing, you know, that chemistry because, you know, T Martin also helped coach Juju. Um, Juju came into the league was very, very good as a second round wide receiver. I believe, I think, I know he was day two. Um, I think he was second round pick, 
that that would be perfect. Um, what we could get, and that would allow you know Duvernay because Duvernay is significantly faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duvernay could start taking those, you know, maybe going a little bit more deep, maybe taking some underneath stuff. But Amon Ra could just destroy the middle of the field, and it wouldn't force the Ravens to have to use two and three tight end packages in order to get their route concepts. Like instead of being like, okay. Nick Boyle go over the middle and Mark Andrews go over the middle. Cause Mark Andrews, I like Mark Andrews, um, not a great contested catch maker. Like if there's traffic, he's not great. If he's open in space, oh, he is he's phenomenal. He's a good route runner and everything like that. But having him with Mark Andrews, they could really design some things that could be really, really interesting. So I, I'm very excited for it. But Joshua, I don't know. Do you got any more thoughts on you know? On- I, was actually, I was actually talking to my girl about that. Like the whole, you know, if a coach leaves and joins a new organization, it's nothing better than bringing someone that knows that knows you as a coach, that knows the culture that you bring. And, you know, hey, maybe T. Martin said, look, I know a guy that we can draft. He's going to be there day two, but he's actually day, he's a day one prospect. We need to strike the match. If, you, if, we, if we can bring him in, he will help me, you know, curve around that young core because you have James Prochet, you have Devin Duvernay, you have Hollywood. Um, and then if you bring Am- Amon Ra, that'd definitely be a great addition. Oh, gee, I, I forgot. <sighs> the guy that shows up every now and then, Miles Boykin. Sorry. Um, <laughs> now nah, we can forget about Miles Boykin. Uh, honestly, not necessary. But But something to bring up. And this is something that I've always kind of wondered how much scouts and, and people look into it. Yeah. But when you have siblings in the league, like, does that play a factor? Um, his brother, Equinemius St. Brown, plays for the Packers, mm-hmm. known for dropping the ball. Uh, he drops a fair amount of passes. Another one, of course, he's a Packers receiver. He drops a lot of passes. Um, but like, but he he's kind of a speedster. Um, he has another brother, Osiris St. Brown. He goes to Stanford. Um, I believe he's not going to the draft. But Amon Ra, like, do you look at that? Um, I, I honestly have no idea. I'm just curious if if the Ravens are, like, looking at it. Like, does that hurt his stock to be like, oh, well, oh. hey, you know, his brother drops passes. I mean, if you're a quarterback, you know, and, I mean, if you're Eli Manning and people are like, wait a minute, this guy's brother is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Maybe we should draft this this Eli Manning guide. It works out. Drafting siblings, it's it's an interesting um, concept and how they would work out. But do you have an opinion on like if they use that at all? I was about to say, you know, I don't look at the sibling uh, comparison more of of a thing. I look at the the father um, lineage as more of a thing. You know, with the with the Ryan's, you know, being coaches, uh, Howie Long and. His sons, Chris and Jake Long. Yeah. So, um, the only guys we can really, you know, say about brother wise, well, well, excuse me, the Barbers, they both play for yep. Um Jake, the Watts, they are playing good. Yep. Um, the Bosa. The Mannings. The, and also, and even even to speak about the Mannings, the, the, the nephew. And he, <laughs> exactly. He, he was like, was he like 14 and playing varsity and through like, 50-something touchdowns in, the, in his uh, freshman season. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it, play, it does it play a part. Yes, it does. But at the same time, that it makes it harder for that next sibling or son 
to make that next step up. I yeah. like like JJ Watt. I feel like TJ Watt had some big cliques to fill just for the strength of like look, your older brother's a monster. What the hell can you do? Yeah. Um, Nick Bosa, you you know, your brother has a motor. Joey, what what can you do? Can you be better than Nick? Can you get to the quarterback faster than Nick? Can you uh, uh, accumulate more sacks in the season than Nick? You know, stuff like that. I mean, hell, if Michael Vick um, has ended up having a son, if even if he does, and, you know, he's he training him to play quarterback, if he was to go to Virginia Tech, can you beat your father's records? If, you, if yeah. he was to actually get drafted by the Eagles later down the road, can you be what Vick was for the Eagles? But – in the early stages of your career, you know, yeah. stuff like that. You know, I mean, it, it's it's crazy to think about, but lineage, network, and connections in the sports world that plays so big. I mean, hell, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna give out no names, but it's a it was a um, it's a trainer in Baltimore City. Uh, he he's a great trainer. I mean, he played for Bowie State University. He then trained. He was he, he was a trainer and conditioning coach on the Ravens team back in the early uh, late nineties. Um, he's been all over. He recently uh, got his son at University of Virginia, but the funny thing is, um, University of Maryland was looking at him, and now his son played both sides of the ball. You wouldn't believe who reached out to him and tried to uh, cut a deal with him. The governor. Um, the governor. <laughs> The governor told him, if you have your son commit to the University of Maryland, I will I would I will I will make your dreams your reality. I will give you I'll give you your own training facility and everything like that. And this trainer is a big guy on the circuit. I mean, hey, that would be awesome. But at the same time, University of Maryland don't not say they don't do they they don't do right by their linemen. But they wouldn't have done right by this young man. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you if you guys are Cavaliers fans, check out number ninety. He's in that. He's in. He's in that interior on the defensive line, and I and he's a stuffer. He knows how to get the quarterback, and he knows how to stop the run. Look him up. <laughs> oh yeah. So connections connections do play a big deal. And he's he's got the the family lineage and and the people in the NFL. Um, that's gonna that's gonna do it for this segment. You know, podcasters they're chilling. They're just still listening. Uh, YouTubers hit subscribe, hit like, all that stuff. Comment what you think. Uh, but let's get into this next segment. Um, so this next segment, uh, something I was thinking about uh, within the last week or so because the Ravens are looking at Lamar Jackson. They're trying to extend him. He's finally eligible for an extension. Eric DaCosta, I think, said that the main priority of the offseason is to extend Lamar Jackson. Yep. Amen. And there's there's an interesting interesting dilemma with, with Lamar Jackson. And we're going to take this from the side of Lamar Jackson. What should Lamar Jackson do for Lamar? Um, because obviously, you know, if you're looking at it from the Ravens' perspective, what's the best thing they can do? Sign Lamar. Pretty obvious. But in my opinion, the best thing for Lamar Jackson to do is to possibly give an ultimatum because you would have to tell them, hey, if we do not have success with play design and play concepts or maybe just say something like, yeah, if by week five I'm still not happy with the play type, you know, Greg Roman's scheme, 
You know, that's the type of thing. The problem is Lamar's not that type of guy. Lamar's not going to be the guy that calls out his coach and just says, yeah, we need to fire Greg Roman. He's not that guy. But, you know, if you're in Lamar's shoes, that's what he should do. He should tell them. I think they should give him some time just because they've brought in pass game, new pass game coordinator and a new wide receivers coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but he should say maybe he's like at the bye week. If we still aren't clicking on offense, you need to fire him. Like, what if that was in his contract? I, I don't know if that's possible to put in a contract. Maybe what I'm if that was in a contract? <laughs> some, some type of clause or something like that, possibly. Yeah. But you know what? Just uh, I'm going to piggyback to, you know, what you said as far as, you know, Lamar doesn't seem like that type of guy. Now, let's let's look back. Got drafted in 2018. You just pretty much, you know, learning from supposed to Joe Flacco. Like, but let's be real. He's not he wasn't going to learn from Joe Flacco. So at that point, he was just waiting for his time to get in and do what he does best. All right. 2019. It's first full season. What do you do? Get us to the playoffs. Also, you know, get us a bye week as well. Now I forgot the last time that happened. Second, second full season gets us to the playoffs again. You know, and this this was the most rockiest year in um, winning Ravens history. It almost reminded me of the year when Trent Delphi got us to the Super Bowl, going eleven and one. I'm going to speak on, and I'm going to bring that. And I'm going to bring that up too. Um, that that's this past year. You've seen. A lot of fire. You've seen a lot of emotion came out of Lamar. He was he was almost like Tom Brady. You know how Tom Brady gets on the sideline. You know how Tom yeah. Brady in the middle of games. Fiery, emotional, and he does not care. He's a competitor. That's what Lamar is. He's a competitor. Y'all, y'all see it every time. When he breaks the pocket and you know you see somebody chasing him, you know, he'll talk to them, smack him on the helmet, like. All right, you know, you was trying to get me, but you was too slow. <laughs> like you, y'all see what you was doing there, but come on now. All right. I'm gonna have to put you I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put you in the blender. I'm gonna have to put you in the cycle. I'm gonna have to hit you with a move. You know, I may have to throw the ball when my guys is open. Watch yourself. You better stand back. You know who I am now. So now going into this contract year, I feel like we can possibly see more emotion and more fire come out of Lamar, especially with this being his contract year. I mean, you know, he's a quiet guy as far as talking to the media. He knows how to answer questions. He knows how yeah. to be respectful. You know, he don't, he know how to cross his T's and dot his I's enough where it doesn't, you know, create all a, a lot of blowback, you know, and even in the, even in the draft when, um, he kept on asking, you know, would you train as a wide receiver? Would you make the transition as a wide receiver? What did he say? I'm a quarterback. Um, I play quarterback. He, and that's the thing. He knows who he is. He's confident. So yep. with that being said, if they talk to him about, you know, Lamar, what do you want, you know, before you sign this deal? If he says, I want creativity, I want explosive. I want guys that can catch the ball. I want guys that, you know, extend their routes. I want guys, you know, that can hold the damn block up and put somebody on their ass and where I can relax. I I actually see that coming out of Lamar. I yeah. actually I can see him, you know, sitting down with Eric DeCosta, you know, being thankful for the opportunity that was given to him to be part of the Ravens organization. But, you know, of course, 
Lamar is getting the opportunity that Trent Dilfer didn't. And what I mean by that, they um, when Trent Dilfer led them to the Super Bowl, you know, I read an article where, you know, Trent Dilfer had the worst practices. He was dealing with injuries. But hell, 11-1, got you to the Super Bowl. Yep. Now, Izzy Newsome and uh, Brian Billick never called Trent Dilfer and told him, like, hey, we're not signing you back. It was actually the offensive coordinator that said, look, they're going to go at the Elvis girl back. Um, and it hurt him to the core because the players respected him. The players fought for him. And now, and, and I say this because Lamar Jackson is our Trent, is our Trent Dilfer of this era. Meaning, you know, he's an upgraded, he's an upgraded athlete. He's a better thrower. You know, he doesn't get hurt. He's smart. He does, you know, he knows he, he, he's, he keeps his third eye open on his surrounding and where his awareness is crazy. But everybody that comes in that uh, comes down on his mills, uh, Merlin to that locker room, facility, training facility, when they meet Lamar, they love him. They play for him. I mean, you see it when he's mic'd up, you know, yes. hey, boy, we got that ball. We got that ball back for you. Come on now. Go ahead and do something. You know, he congratulates his guys on defense. and He'll pump his guys up on offense. He's just that player that everybody wants to play for. Like, damn, he goes through all this. Let me do something to help this man out to make his legacy even better. So yeah. I can see Lamar making demands before he signs an extension because he's a player's guy. Just like yeah. John Harbaugh is a player's coach. And that's perfect. I mean, him being a player's guy because he – I mean, he's got the ear of Harbaugh. Um, I think that's that's pretty clear. I mean, we've seen Harbaugh – Plenty of times ask Lamar for what he wants to do, and, and Lamar gives his opinion, and they typically do it. Mm-hmm. But another thing, he is very close with um, Hollywood Brown or Marquise yeah. Brown. Very close. I mean, the guys knew each other way before they were in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hollywood has expressed concern. Um, he, you know, Soldier Brown, after, you know, they lost to Pittsburgh, you know, if you're not going to, you know, if you have soldiers and don't use them, why have them or or whatever exactly he tweeted. Um, and then when Willie Sneed stuff came out the other day, he quoted it and he put the 100 emoji. Like, like I think Marquise Brown is showing like he's frustrated um, and he's shown that he's been frustrated. So him being able to talk with Lamar and just be like, hey, Lamar, like, man, you know, I'm good. Like, you know, I I'm a beast. Like, you know, this. Yeah. They're not letting me be me. Like, let them be – make them let me be me. Yeah, um, that's what he's got to tell Lamar to do because because a wide receiver, you know, if a wide receiver tells a coach, hey, man, just let me do my thing, what's the coach going to say? You're a diva, you know, whatever. You're not – if you're unless your name is, is Randy Moss or Terrell Owens, you're probably not going to get the coach to, to do what you say. Um, but if you get the quarterback – <laughs> no, listen. No, listen to the quarterback. And if McCarter, he knows, I'll do you one even better. The best comparison of this situation is if guys, if y'all a Disney fan, watch Glory Road. It's about the Texas Texas Western Miners. Seven black guys versus uh, Pat Riley when he was at University of Kentucky and the uh, best coach in history, Adolph Rupp. Um. Texas Western Miners uh, point guard Bobby Bobby Joe Hill, true life story, y'all. He told the coach, 
if you don't let us loose and play our game, we are going to lose at your fundamental basketball game. So this is a true exact example of what we're going through right now. <laughs> that's that's we creativity. If we do not, if we do not do more than just have some rub routes, you know, a hitch and go, something, some we have to have some type of splash. I mean, we already have the hammer as far as the run game. We know we can run the ball, but if we don't have no type of finesse or splash in this pass heavy, you know, league. We're gonna keep on going. We're gonna keep on being contenders and not win the Super Bowl. That's that's perfect. I mean that. I mean the Ravens coaches have let them down, and and I think the Ravens. But I mean Lamar would never say that. I, I don't think Lamar would ever go out there and just be like, "Yeah, it's Greg Roman's fault." But we know it's Greg Roman's fault, um, and we we know that. And and he would never he would never you know throw somebody under the bus like that. He's always saying you know. I got to step up. It's got to be me. But I think if he tells the coach, it's like, hey, why don't you let us do our thing? Do what we do best. Because there's a reason why Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews have such great chemistry. It's because Greg Roman is so bad at his job. Greg Roman does not design anything to get Mark Andrews open. So he has to improvise every time because he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, you can just run this, you know, little curl route. And it's like, what? I'm like your best weapon. Let me, you know, get me in on a on a post or something like that. And they don't do that. And so he has to improvise. And it's like, that's what they do best. Lamar Jackson, when is his best plays? Oh, maybe the best play of his career was against the Titans in the playoffs. When they called, you know, I don't remember exactly the route concepts, but yeah. nobody got open, so it's probably pretty bad. Um, and he takes off, he scrambles. Like, like when they're being themselves, that's when they're at their best. And I think Lamar needs to emphasize that when he's trying to go for his contract. Because I think I think we'd both agree, like, for him, the best thing is to get the contract as soon as possible. Just because, I mean, regardless of if you're a mobile quarterback or not, being a quarterback comes with injuries, and you just want to get that money as soon as possible. Yep. Um, just He's just going to make sure, you know, it's the right deal for him, how long, how much money guarantees, all that stuff. Um, and that's that's something that Lamar can decide, you know, does he want to sack, you know, quote unquote sacrifice and, you know, save a little bit of money, you know, get Mark Andrews or or possibly, you know, just take as much as he can get, which is totally fine. Um, I mean, he's earned it. Whatever he wants, I think the Ravens would probably end up paying him. Yeah. Uh, but I, the benefit is, I mean, I guess it's kind of not a benefit, but the benefit is that the Ravens haven't won the Super Bowl because in his mind, that's like the top. Or the price, or the price goes up. The price goes yeah. up for sure than what it is. So I think in his mind, he's like, okay, I'm not. I think in his mind, he's not at Patrick Mahomes' you know, contract worth. I mean, he's even said it. He's like, I think he said, I got to get me a Super Bowl after they were like, Lamar, did you see Patrick Mahomes' price or contract? He's like, I got to get me a Super Bowl because yes. he understands that's what gets you the big money. So it, it's going to be very interesting. Um, do you have anything else on what Lamar should do? Um, man. If I was Lamar right now, I'd be calling Bobby Petrina. Um <laughs> I, I'll be I'll be calling. I said, listen, Bobby, man, we did some we did some magical things down in Louisville, man. Uh, what you think about coming to the NFL? <laughs> I got a lot, I got a lot of juice. I got a lot of juice. They love me up here. <laughs> what you think about moving to Baltimore? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I, I, if I was Lamar, I would pull the trigger like okay. 
Joe Flacco's best year was when we got Gary Kubiak. I feel like if Joe, I feel like Joe Flacco pulled that trigger. I feel like he did that. I feel yeah. like Lamar, I feel like Lamar. Um, if they respect him enough, they will listen to him. They will make. They will try to make an adjustment. Yeah. Either, either Greg Roman updates his playbook and actually listen to all of his coordinators and assistants, or find find me find me an offensive coordinator that will play me to my skill set, surround me around some guys that's going to be some dogs on the offensive side of the ball, because you lost that you lost that inspir- you lost your hype man in Mark Ingram. We're not going to get another. We're not going to get another hype man, you know, that just keeps on being positive in whatever situation. You got younger guys now. You got the Mark Andrew. You got Hollywood. You know, you got Miles Boykin. Des, Des, uh, said it. I think yesterday or two days ago, he's going to play two more years, but it's not going to be with the Ravens. He was. He's going to be. He was respectful as could be, but hey, y'all get the gist. He's a former pro bowler. He was out for three years, but he came back. He wasn't used to the best of his ability. Used to the best of the ability when he felt like he could have been used more. I, and in, I, in, in all reality, I actually agree with Darius Bryant. He could have been used more. But oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So, I, I, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like uh, Lamar. He pulls a trigger. He, he's going to pull a trigger, and either they're going to answer the call to their franchise quarterback. Because I don't remember when we really had a franchise quarterback in all our 26 years of being a franchise, um, <laughs> or Lamar find, or, or Lamar pulls a Deshaun Watson. Oh no! Please no! That'd be so bad. Uh, but I think that's gonna wrap it up for this segment. If you're watching on YouTube again. You know, subscribe, like, comment, all that stuff. Comment your opinions. I like replying to all of those. Um, if you're listening on the podcast. Um, we've got a great new segment coming up next. Um, I don't know how long it'll be, um, but let's get right into it. Now, this segment, it's going to be called, Is This Stupid? Uh, basically, I've got an idea that I came up in my, in my mind, and I thought about it, and I was like, this is kind of dumb. But like maybe it's secretly brilliant, and Joshua doesn't know what it is, so it's just you know in our little sheet of what we're doing. It's, is this stupid? And, you know, all the comments down below. Tell me I'm stupid. Don't hit the dislike button. Just tell me I'm stupid. This is supposed to be like, is this, or maybe it's brilliant. Maybe this is the most brilliant idea any Ravens fan has ever come up with. Um, I don't know how long it'll be. If Joshua um, ends up telling me it's like the stupidest thing ever, you know, maybe it won't be that long, but if he likes it, we could really get into it. Talk to me. (laughs) So the Baltimore Ravens Mm -hmm. should trade Mark Andrews. Now, why I'm saying this is, Mark Andrews is going to command a lot of money. Okay. Mark Andrews is very good at his job. I think his his trade value is very high um, in terms of tight end wise. Uh, the tight end isn't like some crazy premier position, but I think he's shown that you know he can be a, a top five tight end um, in the NFL for years to come. Um, the issues with with Mark Andrews is that. He's not very good at catching the ball in traffic. Uh, There's a lot of times where Lamar gives him a great ball and he's just unable to come down with it. I mean, he had two in the game against the Chiefs this year. Um, In the playoffs, playoff Mark Andrews is like the worst tight end I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, I I swear he drops every single critical pass in in the playoffs. But looking at that, you know, he's still got good value and everything like that. Um, But 
if they were to trade him, mm-hmm. there's another tight end that the Ravens would have to really push for. Supposedly the best tight end prospect ever, at least according to Mel Kuyper Jr. Kyle Pitts. And that is Kyle Pitts. And if the Ravens were able to trade, like, would you be willing to like completely trade him? It would probably involve the Orlando Brown stuff. Okay. And, like, overall, like you'd have to, I mean, you'd have to trade up. I mean, Mel Kuyper has him going like, I think he has him going like four in the draft, which I think is ridiculous. Um, but like, you know, he's he's probably going to be, you know, a top 10 pick. Um, but trading Mark Andrews and getting Kyle Pitts. Uh, somehow, you know, they'd have to trade a lot of assets. Maybe they have to trade away Gus Edwards as well. Like, it would be tough to get him. But is it, like, is it stupid? Is it is it stupid? Like, not possible, nothing like that? Or is it, like, an interesting idea that the Ravens should maybe look into? Okay. I'll say this. I'll entertain it. Because I actually like that. Um, yes! Kyle, Kyle Pitts is a jump ball 50-50 type of guy. Um, I mean, in the last episode, I think we was actually talking about, you know, possible uh, draftees and um, Kyle Pitts and the young guy from Penn State, some of the best two tight ends uh, going into the draft. I think his last name is Monmouth. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Ravens family. But um, if you – that Mark Andrews – you have to put Mark Andrews and Leonard Brown Jr. together. You have to. And if anybody, I will send him. I will send that. Uh, those I will send those two to either Jacksonville, with the most picks, or either Miami. And um, you know, I wouldn't even get. I wouldn't even get greedy. I would just ask for a first, either two first round picks or a first with a second, and a third round pick for the following year. Yeah, you know, because I mean, hey, we're building the off, and that's the thing. You know, we talked about it. Defense, you got the young, you got the young with the, with the old. You know, they and, and they mesh well together. With this thing, with uh, the thing with our offense, we're gonna have a lot of young. We're gonna have a lot of younger guys. I mean, I don't know. If we're gonna bring back Willie Sneed. Des Bryant already said he's gone. I mean. um, you know, the only person that's solidified right now in the offensive line is Ronnie Stanley and Ben Powers. Ben Powers, I and mean, we allow maybe six six sacks and six too damn many. But he played, <laughs> he played a good he played a good season of football. I'll give him that. I, I you know for him to step in and do what he had to do. But you know, we definitely if you if we make that move, and if you throw Gus Edwards in, you have to go get the young man from University of Buffalo. You have to go get him <laughs> in the draft if you want to. If you want to win, Mister Eight touchdowns, four hundred and nine yards, addition to the run game behind a J.K. Dobbins. Shit, I, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna take it. I, I might just take it. I mean, you got Kyle, and then Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is six four. Kyle Pitts stretched the field as a tight end. I think he runs a four five. <laughs> I thought. I thought of what makes it even better. <laughs> the Ravens have been missing a second tight end. We convert Miles Boykin to the second tight end on the roster to play as the backup tight end. And then you have Nick Boyle. So you have your three tight ends, but both of the tight ends can line up at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my goodness. I, I think, I think, I think this is brilliant. Maybe the comment section will, will flame me. Cause you know, Mark Andrews got that chemistry with, with uh, everybody, but like, I think, I think it could be something that the Ravens could look into. And even if it was like, they drafted a later tight end. I mean, they could still draft a guy, you know, you brought up the guy out of uh, Penn state. They could still draft him and use, I mean, the Ravens have been phenomenal at drafting tight ends. And remember we got Eli Wolf too. Um, yes. And, and the Ravens, the Ravens have been great. Uh, say what you want about Hayden Hurst. He was good. Um, the Ravens drafted him as an all around tight end. He wasn't drafted to be a pass catching everything tight end. No, he was drafted to be to block, to you know, stay in pass protection, and yep. to go out and catch the difficult passes. And and he did that. He was very good at doing that. Um, the Ravens got good value. I mean, they traded him for J.K. Dobbins. So you know, good job, Ravens. But the Ravens are good at drafting tight ends. Um, so maybe they call up Ozzy Newsome and be like, hey, which one of these, you know, tight ends in the draft? Maybe it's a steal that we could end up using all the time. Obviously, Ozzy Newsome, Hall of Fame tight end, Hall of Fame GM as well. Um, but I think that's something that they could really look into. I mean, even converting a wide receiver to a tight end, they've done that once before. And unfortunately, they got rid of the guy because that guy was Darren Waller and he ended up being a pro bowler for Oakland and every Ravens fan wanted Darren Waller to play and the Ravens never let him play. But they, I mean, they, they've, they can see the talent or at least Ozzie Newsom had the ability to see the talent in the tight ends. And Eric DaCosta could absolutely call up Ozzie Newsom and just ask him, Hey, which one of these tight ends should we go after? And he would definitely give them great advice. And the other thing is that the Ravens money situation is going to become very difficult in the next couple of years. You know, Orlando Brown off the down, you know, is probably not going to resign with the Ravens, but like Mark Andrews is coming up. Um, Hollywood um, will probably want to stay, but then even, you know, Marlon Humphrey, Deshaun Elliott. I mean, there's a lot of guys that, that the Ravens will want to keep on their roster and it'll be difficult. So trading away Mark Andrews and getting another young guy because their young guys have all stepped up and played very well um, Mm -hmm. since drafting him, even Nick Boyle. Nick Boyle uh, out of Delaware was like, nobody thought he'd come in and start, you know, really catching passes. All of a sudden, Greg Roman comes to town and it was like he became a almost a touchdown machine uh, for what he does, which is just block, but he can still score. Yeah. And then the other thing is like, if you have Miles Boykin, you're like, I don't really want him blocking. Oh, well, Patrick Ricard now has a lot of experience playing tight end. So you throw Pitts, uh, Boyle and Ricard out at tight end or, or maybe Pitts in the slot. Um, Boyle and Ricard, and obviously it would still be tough to get Pitts, but I mean, they've got some assets. I mean, they would have to trade Mark Andrews, which is part of it, but yeah. I don't know. That's the, that's the, the, is this stupid segment? I don't know. I mean, listen, we said it, we said in the last episode, you know, this is the time where we become, you know, general managers. Uh, this is the time where we, yeah. um, we don't think with a, uh, we don't think with a cap space. We just talk, we talk, we talk our stuff and uh, we throw it out there. And Ravens fans, it's for y'all to say we crazy or not, because I know how y'all Ravens fans are in the Ravens Facebook, uh, Facebook group. Every time y'all see someone get released, y'all want, y'all want us to sign them. And, you know, some of you guys, uh, mindset, yeah, y'all can, y'all can fight me on it, but, uh, meeting y'all side the bank with it, big trust. Some of the, some 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 of the things y'all say can be a little crazy. So we just joining the bandwagon with y'all. So don't so don't get mad at us. 
we <laughs> we've been, we learn from our fellow we learn from our fellow uh fanmates. <laughs> That's but, awesome. <laughs> man, listen. Kyle Pitts, you know, not not to take nothing away from Mark Andrews, but Kyle Pitts is a huge huge upgrade. He he reminds me of Calvin Johnson. He can catch the ball, he can catch it, he can catch it in traffic. He's strong. Yeah, I mean, he he has speed. After he catches the ball, he gets open like a wide receiver. I mean, we love our tight ends with Greg since we had Greg Roman. I mean, hey, I mean, we've loved tight ends. We've loved tight ends always. Uh, yeah. Going back to Shannon Sharp. So uh, we've got I mean, a lot Todd, of. Guys. I, mean, I know Todd Heaton played with a played with a whole bunch of concussions. The way uh, yeah. Kyle Bowler and Joe Flacco threw the ball. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we've we've got a lot of guys, uh, but Ravens fans, uh, comment down below. Is this stupid? Uh, maybe it is, you know. But you know, that's the that's the segment. Uh, it's supposed to be something that's kind of wild. I thought about it. I was laying in bed and I was like, "What about this?" I was like, "That's kind of stupid." But hey, maybe it's not. Maybe maybe everybody agrees. Maybe all of a sudden, trademark Andrews will start trending one day, and everybody will be really confused. Uh, but everybody, thanks for thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, thanks for watching on YouTube. Follow all of our you know social media stuff. Check out the podcast, all that stuff. Hit the subscribe button down below. Um, you know, you see it in this nice and pretty little thing that I've I have created. It's very nice. Um, go check out the other videos. Um, I we post I post a video every single day um, and. We always do the podcast episodes, typically Thursday or Friday, and all those segments get posted as well. So make sure to check them out, uh, check everything out, and we'll see all of you again uh, later. All right, family. Have a good one.